This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks. I have the pleasure of having a friend of mine since 2000, Rich Novelli, currently out of Albuquerque, working at High Point Sport and Fitness out of the Wellbridge family of brands run by the illustrious Edward Williams. Rich, welcome to Halo Talks. It's good to see your face again. See you, Pete. It's been uh, too long. I didn't realize it's been 20 years, man. That's a long time. In 20, I always remember when they started doing AOL dial-up commercials, and that's when you and I started to, to start a business that needed a little more broadband to it. So, right, started things at the right time, but ideas, ideas kind of flow. And now, if we had that company today, it would be probably one of the larger software companies in the Halo sector. Be that as it may, let's get back to Albuquerque on the ground fighting wars. Give us an update. So it's been interesting, you know, I've been doing this a long time and I don't think anything has prepared us from for what COVID has presented to uh, clubs in general, uh, you know, fighting fronts of awareness, fighting fronts on a new business model, uh, being able to pivot quickly and do some things that uh, a lot of clubs haven't really been forced to do. And as a result, I think it uh, either makes you stronger or you kind of get out of the way for uh, new technology and new ideas. But I think there's a lot, Pete, that has been exactly the same. I think connecting with members uh, in a deeper way has been a part of this. We have found that during, we were shut down here since the, from the middle of March till the beginning of June. Mm-hmm. We were shut down a second time from uh, the, the middle of November until the beginning of December. Both of those times, we took the opportunity to reach out to our thousands of members personally. And by that, I mean, we got on the phones and we were talking to these people and finding out how they were and letting them know what we were doing from a safety and uh, sanitation protocol, giving them assurances on how we were going to handle their memberships. Uh, really taking the opportunity to do a deeper connection than I think we've ever done before. And I think a lot of clubs have done that. And it's, uh, I think at the end, it's going to make our industry stronger. Yeah. You know, um, some of the other day was debating whether to uh, send an email out to their members and they referred to them as sleeper members. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, like if I was running a sports team and I had like 30% of my fans were sleeping in the stands and didn't care about the game anymore, you know, is, would I just let them sleep or would I go up there and say, Hey, let me move you down here. Like, let me get you some, you know, a souvenir. Let me get you like one of those, uh, remember those number one foams that they used to have? (laughs) Like, because if you fell asleep in this game, you're probably never coming back to another game. Right. And it's like the mindset of like, yeah, do your member, like reach out to them. Like, you have a relationship. How do you, why would you ever avoid that? And I think, you know, different models probably have a different perspective on that. Right. Uh, if you're looking at a high volume model, um, you know, your model's based on the premise that you're not hoping that a lot of people show up and a lot of people yeah. just pay their dues and go away. Um, in the model that we're working with, we're a premium brand. Uh, we don't have a high volume of members. And so our usage rate is very high. Our penetration in terms of members taking advantage of their membership is very high. So we really didn't even consider not reaching out to members. I mm-hmm. think that, that uh, 
has served us very well at the end of the day. So when you take a look at, you know, certain parts of the sector kind of go in and out of favor, um, you know, I'd say pre-COVID, you know, all the rage was, you know, Planet Fitness, like you're talking about HVLP, here's what the profit margins, oh, those big clubs, there's too much square footage, there's so much legacy CapEx, I got to have a lot of labor because, you know, people want to talk to someone and they want to get results, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, and actually want to pay for it. You know, so do you see the pandemic as, you know, one, I don't think people are going to be traveling as much. So they might use the club more as like their destination than their ski trip or whoever else knows what people used to go on as, you know, getaways and vacations and European travel and so on and so forth. So do you see people come back to the club more frequently? Um, do you see people actually care more about themselves and actually want human connection since they were deprived of it for most of this year? Yeah, I think, I think uh, we, we've seen that. Uh, we certainly have seen people that even during the shutdown, uh, Pete, which was fascinating to, to us, that a lot of members volunteered to continue to pay their dues because they wanted to support their club. They wanted to support an organization that was there for them. And we were, you know, gosh, if you can't go to bat for people like that, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, conversely, though, I think, you know, a lot of these high volume providers are finding it difficult to meet that challenge because out here in New Mexico, we have uh, severe restrictions on capacity. And so if you're a crunch or if you're a choose fitness or if you're a planet fitness, you got lines out the door. Now, today it's 32 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how long are you going to stand in line to visit your club, no matter how loyal you are? So I think, you know, clubs, uh, especially high volume clubs, are in a real dilemma as to how they're going to approach that model and service those members. Because at the end of the day, yeah, I want to use my club. I want to come in. I've got nothing else to do. I'm still furloughed, whatever it might be. Yeah. How am I going to get into my club if I'm standing there waiting in line because I can only have 75 people in my club? Yeah, at time? yeah I mean, it, go, it, yeah, it definitely goes back to the point that, you know, your square footage actually becomes an asset. Whereas, you know, a financial guy might look at it and be like, hey, what's your revenue per square foot? It's like, well, actually, it's a lot higher now because I get more people in here. Right. Uh, right. So, you know, to tr- trend change and opportunities, you know, morph. You know, one of the questions I had, you know, just on this point, because, you know, if I'm a high volume club, you know, I've actually, my business model is to have a relationship with your checking account or with your credit card. Like if my business model says, Hey, the way I make money is my labor is 10% of revenue and your labor model, you know, it has to be like 40% of revenue. Like you've made a distinction or a high end opera has made a distinction that I'm actually having a relationship with a human versus I'm having a relationship with their credit card. And, right. and you just indicated it was actually a human connection with the club. Whereas like, look, if I'm an HVLP and you're not open, I don't feel there's no, I don't have any empathy for you because you've never really had any empathy for me. Like you right. give me access and when the access is not there, I'm not paying for it. Where if you have an experience or a relationship, like I paid for that. So why would I put a, why would I put a relationship on hold? Okay. And, and this is this is where I, I continue to say 
through all of the noise that geez, fitness clubs are not going to survive. You know, they're not going to make it. There's everything's going to go virtual or people are going to find other ways to exercise. My, my comeback is always that a huge portion of the uh, value of a health club membership is the social experience is having a connection with your, that club, whether it be your associates that are running the club or whether it be the members in the club. And I, I just can't see that ever really changing. We're social animals. That's not going to go away. Now, what can you do in the meantime? Yes, you can go virtual. You can add these other hybrid types of opportunities to augment your model while things are hopefully settling down this year and getting back to some kind of normalcy. But you're absolutely right, Pete. I've said for a long time that if 10% of your overhead is in payroll and now that's exacerbated because those people are getting screamed at every day because you can't get in the club and you yeah. can't use the facilities, I think you've got to really try to pivot hard or you're going to be out in the cold. And, and look at what we've seen. You know, All of the major mid-market players have had to uh, file – uh, for bankruptcy or restructuring in one way, shape, or form. And that's because I think in a lot of ways, those models just have not been able to take on this burden. Um, and nobody expected this. We, we got that. I, I, I get all of that. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, they're looking at pivoting and doing a, a different business model in order to be successful. Well, will you take a look at, um, you know, so you're, you're an operating guy and you're a processes guy. Like, you know, from the first day we met, right? Like the, the, the whiteboard and like, how do I get from point A to B? And like, what happens in between there and every step of the way? So I, I feel like you've always been like a leader in business choreography. I'm going to give you that new wow. title. I just Can I use it. that? That's awesome. I like to use that. Thank you. So, you know, how have you looked at this and said, oh, actually, you know, I've always wanted people not to have to like pass a key between me and, and, and the person, like I wanted to always use the RFID barcode, or I always wanted, you know, people to actually wash their hands before they came in here, because that seemed like the right thing to do, you know? So what, what's happened during COVID that operationally you may have been pushing and now it's actually obvious that it's being done or what are some of the things that you said, Hey, that I didn't think about that before, but like, wow, like this is really freed up X, Y, Z. You know, I, I've been really fortunate, Pete, in my career, not only to meet people like yourself and build friendships on that, but to look at how various models in our industry have been successful. And in my 33 years in this business, it still amazes me that the, the largest compliments or the most uh, comments that we get from members across all models is is the club clean? You know, is it sanitary? Am I being taken care of as a person? Mm -hmm. Those things never change. And I think in this environment, they're even more important. So clearly we've just been able to take that baseline foundation of cleanliness, sanitation, customer service, and just ratcheted that up to include temperature checks at the door, sanitation, um, touchless entry, uh, constantly masks for everybody. Those things, although certainly not masks would be on my high on my list, a lot of those other things still make sense. Yeah. And 
we were able to bring a lot of members back because we could look them in the eye and had a track record of already being a very clean, very sanitary, very customer service oriented business. And I think that that those three areas carry across every business model in our industry. So those that have done well with that, I think have had an easier time with these new restrictions and protocols. Mm-hmm. Those that really didn't pay much attention to it are going to struggle because it's not in their DNA. It's not in their culture. So we, we you know, we take a look and see digital and I think digital hit a peak last night at like nine o'clock at night. And I'll tell you why, because I'm watching television and I see four at home fitness ads back to back to back to back. Okay. So that's like, when my Uber driver says, Hey man, you think I should buy Burke at Merck at 86? I'm like, sell Merck. Right. <laughs> I feel like the digital thing has gotten so overblown now that I get like four minutes of commercials. Oh, by the way, I already own my own exercise equipment. Right. So right. I just that ad on me, you know, do you see this kind of like when something's a frenzy and you see so much of it in this industry, you kind of know, all right, that's great. It's kind of had its day in the sun. It's got its place now, you know, in the ecosystem, but like all this additional marketing, it's a little bit, you know, like investor craze. And how is that affecting what you're doing or integrating with what you're doing? Um, I'll answer the, the last part of that. It, we haven't really seen it impact us at all. I, I think again, going back to the fact that If you want to be a member of a health club, there are the social aspects that you're just not going to get at home. Um, You know, it started, what, you know, 40 years ago when you could get a bike or a treadmill and put it in your home. And the old joke was that was the most expensive coat rack that you ever bought. And I think a lot of that still holds true today. I just don't see equipment, these in-home pieces of equipment changing drastically how the industry is going to go. I still think at the end of the day, um, although remote work has worked very well and and from what I'm hearing, I just don't see remote exercise, in-home exercise, really ever taking over uh, what the fitness industry can bring to the table. And there are a lot of high-tech options now. We look at Tonal, we look at the mirror, you look at a lot of things that, boy, they're really sexy and uh, they're really cool and they do do a great job marketing those things. But um, I haven't checked. One wonders the price point on those things, first of all. And is that going to service the masses? Or, you know, are you still looking at something that investors are saying, wow, this is sexy, this is hot, but at the end of the day, is it going to have legs and is it going to last through what we hope to be a recovery very soon? You know, you know what might be a good analogy as I'm thinking about this is it's as if like the entire NBA decided you know, we're actually not going to play physically. We're just going to play NBA 2K on e-games. So why don't you just watch us on e-games? And I'm just going to play with my joystick. It's like it's not right. Live sports and 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 uh, and leagues and professional leagues are probably going to continue to proliferate to the point where there's more and more, you know, private equity money going in and buying these teams. And international television rights, and those are definitely going to be humans on the on the on the uh, on the court, mm-hmm. or hopefully for our lifetime. Regardless of how long my lifetime is, I hope I never 
I'm watching like robotic UFC one night on pay-per-view. <laughs> right. uh, Real Steel, what was that movie? Real Steel, where they had the robots? Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen some of yeah. those like trucksters against each other. Anyway, I don't even know where that started, so pick up wherever you want. Okay. No, I, 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 I agree with you. I just, um, I believe that we are in, in a space that is a point in time I think we found that human ingenuity is going to solve this, this problem and people are longing to get back to normal. They're longing to get out of their homes. They're longing to get in a social environment. And I think clubs that can uh, take advantage of that desire as we get closer to uh, vaccines that are going to allow us to get out and get back to normal. I think those are the clubs that are going to be successful. It's interesting. You know, we have, as I mentioned, tight restrictions here. And yet you'll drive by, you know, these clubs and you'll still see lines of people. Well, it's the middle of winter and, you know, those folks have other options and yet they still want to come back to their club. So I I just, for the life of me, can't see um, this being more than a blip on the larger radar of where the industry is going to go. Yeah. So, so, so last question related to the, pandemic you know you're like me we were friends for a long time i remember we had a great drive in the car that one time <laughs> do you remember that one dude i, I always find, think about that dude, dude yes. i gotta find the video the audio on that because that was one of the funniest <laughs> like, couple of hours man oh my god that just hit me that was we were in like a corvette or something or like a Malibu uh, you, yeah it, yeah Dodge you were driving Charger. you were driving and, and you were just giving me such a rash of crap the whole time on the i know it was great it was phenomenal hilarious anyway, i'm gonna find that i'm gonna try and loop in one of those audio loops i'll get <laughs> it first because it was hilarious um my point was like you're an optimistic guy you like to move fast you typically go a little bit over the speed limit but you're not out of control ever i am much more out of control than you are in antsy when it comes to like, when someone's like, Hey, when are we getting back to normal? You know, in my mind, I'm saying like April 1st, like spring training, like game starts, like back on the reality is it's probably not going to be until after the summer that like everyone comes back and like the coast is clear. So how do you, with your team kind of say, look like us being open and us making like incremental steps, whether it's like a couple more people came in today you know, we did a couple more programs, you know, how do you calibrate or like tell people, Hey, look, things are good. They're going to get better, but it's not going to happen in a week in a month. So kind of, you know, cool your jets and be patient. Cause that's one of the things I'm really not good at. Yeah. I, I think, you know, uh, in that regard, I'm equally as impatient as you are. Um, but I think what we found is that we've been able to attack this on multiple fronts. So first and foremost, looking at it from general to specific, we try to let our people and our members know that there's still a lot of this that's out of our control. You know, we have to abide by state restrictions to keep the doors open. We have to monitor health of the state, which is driving a lot of the restrictions that we're currently involved with. But we've also taken a proactive approach and Wellbridge has formed a variety of fitness coalitions across uh, our 18 clubs across the country mm-hmm. where they're actively involved in representing our interest to state and local governments and saying, you know, we're not, um, you know, we're not in the same categories as bars and restaurants. We are essential to the health, physical and mental health of, of people in this country. 
And so once we started taking that approach, uh, it gave all of us associates and members alike another chip in the game and another way to have some control over where we're, where we're going to go in the future. And yeah. at least in New Mexico, things have loosened up. And I know in Colorado, where we're headquartered, things have loosened up a great deal because of the efforts of that fitness coalition. Beyond that, Pete, we, we work with our associates. We let them know that, um, uh, you know, let's control what we can control. Uh, we're thankful that we're working. We're thankful that we're able to still change lives every day by having members come in the door. And I'll be honest with you, our members, we feed off our members and energy. You know, I think any club that has people coming in the door and getting that thank you for being open yeah. uh, is huge to keep people, you know, focused and on course and doing what they can do. You, you don't want to go negative, but, you know, I have 130 employees at this club alone. We've probably brought back maybe 50 to 60 of those employees. Mm -hmm. And so the employees that are here are the best of the best. We share with them, you know, the, how grateful we are that they're here, but how grateful maybe they should be that we all still have jobs. Yeah. Agreed. And let, let's, let's function. Let's, let's focus on that for right now. Uh, and the changes that we can control will control the changes that we can't control. Uh, we will just try to learn patience through exercise and a little bit of mindfulness or maybe a little bit more meditation. That's awesome. All right, man. Well, on that note, I am going to go search through my archives and see if I can find an audio riff to add to this. I'll get it approved by you. Yes. Uh, what, year you <laughs> what year do you think that was? We were down in Southern California yeah. looking at uh, the possibility of buying some clubs together, I think. I think it was the Frogs Clubs in, in Frogs uh, Clubs. Yes, it was. Long yes, Beach, it was. California. That yep. had to have been in like 2013, 14, maybe. No, it was earlier than that, Pete. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I was in Chicago yeah. starting oh. in 2010, so it had to be before that. I think it had to be between 2007 and 2010, somewhere in there. Wow. All right, I'm going to go back into the archive, see if I got it on a Dropbox somewhere, and uh, and we'll get your uh, we'll get your caricature done, and then I'll give you a call. I'm, I'm heading out of town today, but I'll give you a buzz. Uh, when are you not hanging out, getting out of town, man? Every time I talk to you, you're, you're on your way out of town, dude. Bro, Amazing. it's like, I'm like, if I don't, I saw some commercial the other day. It's like, if you're not moving, like, some like 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 ideas either hit you or like you're standing still. So I'm like I'm constantly in motion. But I'm yeah, but I know you. It's also about not hitting a moving target. You know, if you keep moving, you can't hit. Get exactly, hit. dude. <laughs> Bob and weave, baby. You're Bob, right. That was great talking, dude. Right, Thanks we'll so much, soon. Pete. Okay, that was fun. David, right, thank man. you. Glad you're safe, brother. Right, Take care. Let's soon. catch up soon. You got it, buddy. Take care. Right. Bye. As we continue to build our Halo Talks email notification database, want to offer you a free $10 instant gift card from our friends at Promotion Vault. Also to show you how easy it is to offer your members and prospects and clients the ability to get desired actions out of them and reward them in real time, go to halotalks.com, put your email address into the pop-up box, see how it works, get a free $10 gift card from us, and uh, keep listening and making everybody great.